Hey, I'm Jamie from Stillmeyer Game, and today I'm here to talk about the concept of endowed progress in games. So this is when you start a game, or when a game gives you a boost during setup at the start of the game, so that you can get to the meat of the action right away. And often mean, oftentimes this means like extra starting resources or a little bit of track advancement, bonus cards, tiles, things like that. But for the most part, and I'm gonna to try to focus on this with most of the games that I talk about, I'm referring to games that give you an initial payoff. So not just the, the supplies that you need to get to the payoff, but the initial payoff itself. An example of this would be in Wingspan, if we let players start with a bird card on their player map. Um, we don't do that in Wingspan. Instead of Wingspan, you do get a starting boost of cards and food tokens, um, but you don't actually get the card on your player map. And so, uh, it is a type of endowed progress, but mostly I'm focusing on games that give you that payoff itself. You start the game with that card already on your mat or in your tableau. Um, and one of the reasons that I think this is psychologically really beneficial in games um, is an example here that, that someone mentioned, Chad mentioned this on a recent Facebook livecast. Here, here's Chad. He says, an example of this in real life are sandwich punch cards. Uh, he used an example where a business gave people a non-punched punch card with four slots for a free sandwich. So you have to, there's nothing on the card yet, but if you go back to the same place four times and you punch four, uh, four you get you buy four sandwiches, you get a free sandwich. And they gave other people uh, cards with five slots, but one of those slots is already punched. That is endowed progress. They, it's as if they magically have already uh bought a sandwich from this place. They, they, had, they had that free punch already punched on there. But it's the same thing. They need four more sandwiches either way. But Chad says it was surprising how many people finished the five punch card and not the non-punch card. There's some, there's some level of psychological benefit here that I think human beings like when they see, oh, I have this free progress that I've already made without actually having to do anything. They're more likely to, to move forward with that and feel good about it, at least in the punch card situation. Also, one other comment before I proceed with the uh, the examples that I have is another viewer of my Facebook Livecast, Julie, mentioned this example that I thought was really interesting from My Little Everdell, which I haven't played yet. She says, My Little Everdell gives options to handicap the game for younger players through a few options. You can start with one or two green production cards, and I think there's an option for starting with some resource too if you need to handicap it even more. It's been helpful in making the game more competitive when playing with our six-year-old. He feels good when he beats us or comes close, so there's endowed progress for some players for, specific, for a specific purpose. I thought this was a really clever other reason Reason, beyond the psychological benefits, um, or I guess it is still tied to the psychological benefits, to actually scale a player's uh, a game's difficulty based on experience level and age level here, where if you give some players a nice starting boost, they can really feel good about that. They can feel like they're already involved and engaged in the game and have a better chance at competing in the game compared to other players who don't need that initial boost. So, there, so I was thinking about this for Stillmeyer games. There aren't a lot of Stillmeyer games that use true endowed progress. I mentioned Wingspan, where you start with resources, that feels good. That is at quite the level of endowed progress I'm talking about here today. Charterstone, other games too, they give you things at the start of the game. The two best examples, I think, are Red, are Red Rising and Viticulture. With Red Rising, you start with a hand of cards that might already combo well with each other. You might just luck into a few cards that have good combos with each other. Uh, so Red Rising, I think, does that pretty well. And as I'm saying that, I'm adding uh, Fantasy Realms to the Honorable Mentions list here. I totally forgot about that. Um, but yeah, Red Rising does it with this hand of cards that already could potentially already work well together. 
um, because a big part of Red Rising is building this hand of cards that you score at the end of the game. The other example I think that does it fairly well is Viticulture. Viticulture, you get a combination of a red card and a blue card at the beginning of the card game. Or is it pink? Or we call it pink or red. Pink or red card and a blue card at the beginning of the game. You mash them together. They give you your starting resources. You're starting money. You're starting workers. But they, many of them also give you a starting building. This is a payoff element of the game. Typically in Riticulture, you have to save up some money and then take the action that gives you a building that lets you construct a build, building. Many of these, uh, these blue cards... Uh, I think it's the blue cards. They just give you the building outright at the start of the game. That is a choice that you can make. That feels good to have that initial payoff at the beginning of the game. Let's go to honorable mentions. We have Terraforming Mars, Lorenzo El Magnifico, Ares Expedition, Clans of Caledonia, The Isle of Cats, Agricola, Gaia Project, Terra Mystica, Fantastic Factories, Resurgence, and Fantasy Realms, which I just added to the list. Many of these, I think, have the resource level of endowed progress, but not necessarily the payoff level of it, something that you feel like you've already accomplished in the game. Um, and uh, I'll do my best to stick with that as I go through my top 10 list. At number 10, I have Call to Adventure, a game that I have not played in a long time, but I was reminded of it while constructing this list. In Call to Adventure, you start out with um, kind of an origin story at the beginning of the game that sets you on a path to your adventure. You have these cards that tell you a little bit about your backstory, but they also have a mechanical benefit, a, mechan a mechanical reason, a gameplay reason for being in the game, and a few other cards that, that uh, it's as if you're walking forward on this path through cards in the future, but you also have these a path behind you that have cards that you have already experienced, the stuff that has already happened to you that um, that makes you feel like you've you've already started on that path. You're not starting from ground zero in Call to Adventure. So I think Call to Adventure does that pretty well. Even while talking about it, I, I want to play this game again and experience it again. That's number 10, Call to Adventure. I won't spend much time on it because I haven't played it in a long time. Number 9 is a game that I have played more recently and have played more times than Call to Adventure, and that is Catan, or Settlers of Catan. Um, this is lower down on the list because I, I don't often itch to play Catan, but I did play it recently when uh, the, the designer, Klaus, uh, hopefully I say his name right, Tuber, Tuber I think is how you say it, or I'm completely butchering it here, but he passed away a few months ago and I got the game to the table with Cities and Knights and played it and really enjoyed it. I, I think he has a, a, a really a masterpiece game design here. But in Settlers, one of, uh, one of the big decisions you make happens at the very beginning of the game. During setup, you're putting stuff on the board. You're putting roads on the board. You're putting two different buildings on the board. And those buildings aren't just buildings for building's sake. They are there to determine how you are generating resources for the first probably third of the game and for the, the entirety of the game. But they're a big part of that first third of the game in particular. And so at the beginning of a game of, of Catan, you start out with a major presence on the table itself with those buildings. So I think this is one great way to start a game with Endowed Progress. The catch to it, I think, and Catan is also a big catch to this, is that if you do start the game with something that important at the beginning of the game, that if you aren't in a great position as a result of this Endowed Progress, it can have a big impact on the rest of your game. Also, it is a huge decision point to make for many people who maybe haven't played the game in a long time or who have never played Catan or a game like this. And so they, you were asking them to make a major decision up front at the beginning of the game um, without them knowing how the, the rest of the game works or how the game flow works. So that is that is kind of the push and pull here uh, in, in endowed progress. How much decision space do you give to players before they fully understand or remember how to play the game? But that is still Catan at number nine. That is a major boost of endowed progress at the beginning of the game. At number eight is Architects of the West Kingdom. 
So in Architects, the example I wanted to give here from Architects is that you start with all of your workers, all of them. You have like 20, how many workers do you have here? Yeah, you have 20 workers in this game, I believe. If I'm getting that right, yeah. Um, and you start with all of them. So you aren't, like many other worker placement games, you aren't spending time gathering more workers, training more workers. Um, instead, you just get all of them right away. This isn't even an element of asymmetry. So all the, player, all the players at the table get those 20 workers, which I think is really interesting. Most of these examples are asymmetric, but in Architects, it isn't. You just start with all the workers probably that you'll ever need. Uh, there might be times in the game where you need to find ways to get those workers back. But uh, I thought this felt really good that just right away from the start of the game, you have 20 workers. That feels really good. That is an aspect, probably not a true aspect of endowed progress as I'm talking about it here today because it isn't really a payoff because there is no way to get more. You aren't working towards getting more workers in Architects of the Last Kingdom because it's taken that away from you. It's taken that burden away. It just gives you all the workers that you'll ever need. That's Architects of the West Kingdom at number eight. And number seven is Mosaic. I've only played this game once. I played it at Geekway to the West um, a few months ago in St. Louis here, at a convention here. And I really enjoyed the play of it. It's a, it's a really fun civilization game. And one of the things I wanted to do throughout the game is gain these technology cards. They're either called technology or advancement cards in the game. Uh, so it's it, they're, they are a payoff in the game. You're getting these technology cards. There's a set collection aspect to them, but they're also giving you powerful benefits, many of them ongoing benefits and ongoing icons that you need in the game. So definitely a payoff. At the beginning of the game, the game just gives you a bunch of those cards. And if you want to, you can start the game with them and play. You can you can just play the cards if you're able to. That felt really good. To start a game of Mosaic, feeling like I had made all this progress already with my unique civilization through these technology cards, it felt amazing. I really, really liked that in Mosaic. There were some other cards that I had at the beginning of the game too. There, The game gives you a lot of stuff right at the beginning of the game. But just the fact that I could have those technology cards right off the bat, and I don't even th recall it being difficult to play them um, on the that on those early turns um it was more of a matter of there there were some that might have timing elements to them like you might want to wait to pay to play them later to gain the benefit when you have other things going on but for many of them i was like i just want to start the game with these cards because there's no reason for me not to so that felt really really good to have that endowed progress of technology cards in the game mosaic at number seven on my list and number six I have Ark Nova, one of my favorite games of all time now. You're building a zoo in Ark Nova. Ark Nova has um, maybe the slightest example of endowed progress in, in the video that I'm talking about today because in Ark Nova, most of the endowed progress is related to your starting cards. You have uh, eight cards that you get to choose from. You get to choose four of them. And so it is essentially what I talked about at the beginning of the video where you're just getting more, more options uh, rather than the payoff. A true example in, in Arc Nova would be if you get to start with an animal in play at the beginning of the game. Um, but it doesn't do that. However, in on the starter player map in Arc Nova, which I'm, I often use that map because I'm often teaching Arc Nova when I'm playing it, uh, you get to start with a, a tile on the map itself. Actually, you start with two tiles. You start with, I believe, a kiosk, and you start with a, a, a tile that can hold uh, an animal that needs uh, uh, three hexes to, uh, to to go into the enclosure. The enclosures, that's what they're called. So I like, that is the sense of endowed progress, right? I, I don't have to work towards building that uh, that building. I already have that enclosure on my mat and I already have the kiosk too. So that is the sense of endowed progress on the mat for the starter player mat in Arc Nova. There are probably other examples with the other asymmet asymmetric player mats, but I actually haven't played with many of them. I've, I've mostly just played the starter mat. So that is Arc Nova at number six. 
At number five is the newest version of Terra Mystica, Age of Innovation. And maybe I should have put Terra Mystica on here because Terra Mystica has some factions that let you start with things in play at the beginning of the game. But Age of Innovation also, like Terra Mystica, like Guy Project, lets you start um, advancing on some of the tracks at the, at the beginning of the game. There, there are four different tracks in Age of Innovation, and the game really leans into what those tracks mean more so than, uh, than Terra Mystica. And so I put Age of Innovation on here on this list. So the beginning of the game, at the beginning of the game, you get some starting resources, but the game also just says you get to move up these tracks, uh, these specific tracks. Uh, and in Age of Innovation, those tracks move you towards one-time one time power bonuses. And also, if you get up to the ninth level, it gives you income. So the tracks are fairly meaningful in this game of, of Age of Innovation compared to uh, to the, the kind of the lesser focus on them in Terra Mystica. So having that advanced, that track advancement, and some of the also the asymmetric pairings, there's like four different asymmetric things that you get at the beginning of a game of Age of Innovation. And so all of them contribute to this feeling of, oh, the game is giving me a lot of stuff that I need that I would otherwise have to go get in the first round. Um, the game is just giving me that stuff. And I really think, as I'm talking about this, I really, really love this concept that you are letting players just jump into the game. It's like starting a movie in the middle of an action scene uh, rather than building up for the first 45 minutes to an action scene. It really throws you into the action. It makes you feel like you're in, in, the, in the midst of the game right away. I think there is also a sense to starting from nothing. There, there's a reason to do, to do that game. Start from nothing and really build up and have that really huge sense of progression. But I think age, games like Age of Innovation show that you can give players a lot of stuff at the beginning of the game and still have that huge sense of progression and advancement over the course of the game. That's number five on my list right now. And number four is A Feast for Odin. Um, and as I'm saying this, I almost wish maybe I'd reverse Age of Innovation, A Feast for Odin. But A Feast for Odin does do, I think, a great job of giving you a good amount of things that you would otherwise have to work towards in the first and even the second round of the game. In a, in a Feast for Odin, you need to have a feast at the end of each round. You need to feed your workers, essentially. And I really like that the game gives you a ton of these polyamino tiles right at the start of the game, because otherwise you would have to go get them. Uh, both not only to feed, to have this feast at the beginning of the first round or even the second round, but also the, tile, the big part of the game is up converting these tiles, so taking a tile that you have, these polyamino tiles, and making it better, improving it, upgrading it, so that you can actually place it on your player map. So starting with a bunch of those tiles at the very beginning of the game feels really good. Feels like you already have these things. You don't even have to worry about feeding in that first round because you already have all the food that you need. But if you want to, you can sacrifice some of that food, upgrade it into a better tile, and start placing it on your player map. So I think A Feast Rodin does a pretty good job with endowed progress through those tiles. And number three, I have Solkin. I think Solkin does a wonderful job with the resources it gives you at the beginning of the game. So you get these little resource tokens. Let's see if I can pull them out handily as I talk about it. You get these little, uh, you get four different resource tiles. And here they are. So here's a bunch of resource tiles that you can get at the beginning of the game. You get two of them, or you get, you get four of them, I believe, and you pick two. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Let's look it up. We have the rule book right here. Um, you get, yeah, you get four of them and you pick two. So you get four tiles, you get to pick two. So you get a choice, but it isn't so much of a choice that you really need to understand the entire game um, because everything is good here. There's no sacrifices to make. Uh, so like in this one, it says I'm getting two corn and two wood. And here's the key here. Here's the element of, of true endowed progress, I believe. Um, these are things to work towards in the game. Things that take time, things that take workers. But here it's saying advance on this track. In fact, I think this is saying advance forward two spaces on? No, 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 just one space. Advance on that track, one space. Some of them even start you with building tiles, I believe, or uh, move up the cult track here, uh, or the religious track, the cult track, the whatever this is down here. 
you can move up on that track. So this is a game where you're you're building towards two different types of tracks, a, a, a technology tree track, uh, this, this cult religion track, the temple track, we'll call it temple track, uh, towards buildings, a lot of things that you're building towards in Tolkien, and many of these tiles just give you those things to start out with at the beginning of the game. And one of the reasons I like this, again, in games uh, like Tolkien, in games in general, this idea of in progress, is that it gives you a direction in the game. Uh, especially these wide open games where you can pretty much do anything, uh, starting a little bit ahead on one track gives you, uh, especially a technology track where it's an ongoing benefit, it gives you a reason to continually continue to pursue that specific track, but also whatever that track gives you. If that track made me better at collecting corn, then I kind of know from the first turn, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll go get some some corn because I know I'm going to get more corn than the other players if I, whenever I collect corn. So it gives you this small sense of direction at the beginning of the game that you can, you don't have to pursue it, but you can if you want to. And in games uh, that have the, these many, a wide variety of open options, I like that when they give you a little reason, a little nudge towards something, um, something different in the game, um, in particular if you play the game a lot. That's Sulkin at number three. At number two, I have Earth. So Earth, like Ark Nova, gives you a bunch of cards in hand at the beginning of the game. If it were just that, I think it would be lower on this list as much as I enjoy Earth. However, in Earth, the game also gives you a player mat populated with three different cards at the beginning of the game. And this is huge because these cards, or at least one of them, sometimes two of them, no, two of them, contribute to your engine from the first turn. So they are built into your engine in the terms of activating different colors of cards. They also, there's one that ties into end game benefits, but these two engine building ones... Um, and one of them also gives you starting, those starting resources. But they, I think, play a big role in making you feel like you already have something that you've started out with. You've already started building your engine at the very beginning of the game. There is a choice to be made. These cards are double-sided, and so you get the choice from one side or the other which one you put on your mat. Um, it is a choice that requires you to understand the game a little bit, but not quite as much as I think Catan does. Uh, but yeah, it feels really good, I think, to start with this portion of my island already built, already there for me to build off of, to build my engine off of, just to gain benefits from early on in the game rather than having to play those cards. Uh, that's a huge boost of endowed progress in Earth, and that's why it's number two on my list. However, the game that takes the cake for all of these, I think, in terms of endowed progress is the game Role Player. Because in role player, the whole point of the game is to get dice and put them on your player mat. You can see that right here. You're putting these dice on your player mat to achieve a variety of abstract goals. The whole, that's the whole point of the game. Put the dice on the player mat. But before the game even begins, during setup, you start with as many as eight dice. I say as many as because it depends on the player count. But at some player counts, you start with as many as eight dice preceded on this player mat. It is a decision that you have to make. Um... But I found it is fairly easy to teach role player and let players make that decision uh, right at the beginning of the game. But it is a huge boost. You are starting with so many dice on your mat already. Um, and it's also a really, it ends up, once you understand the game, it becomes a really interesting choice because you are essentially giving up on certain benefits, but you're also completing goals that you need to complete right from the start of the game, which feels really, really good. Uh, I was trying to think of other games like this, and I'm sure I am missing some games where you start with a lot of things already on your player mat. But this really took the cake for me because role player, you start with so many dice on your player map, building towards those goals already. It's a huge, it's a fun puzzle to solve right even before the game begins. Uh, I just thought this was a wonderful example of endowed progress and how good that feels when you start your game with so much of your map already populated. Uh, yeah, yeah, role player, the number one game on my list for endowed progress. 
I'd love to hear your examples in the comments below. Games from this list that you enjoy, uh, other elements of these games that I forgot to mention that, that contribute to this sense of endowed progress, progress, or other games that have this, uh, this built-in payoff during setup. Um, not just resources, but an actual payoff that you've experienced during setup that, that really pushes you forward in the game and makes you feel good about what happens afterward. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this in the comments below. Thanks.